Welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. So hello, everyone. This is Father John Pietropoli. I'm here with Father John Bender, and we're here today to continue our discussion about prayer. So the last time, Father John, we spoke uh, mostly about the Bible, actually, yeah. about the Word of God and about praying with the Word of God. Today, I thought maybe we could go a little bit more into prayer, kind of in a broader sense, which, of course, is always based on the Word of God, sure. but maybe we could broaden the, the base of the discussion a little bit. I was actually thinking this is a perfect time to do it because Pentecost is, what, a week and a half away or so? Right. And it's interesting, the Acts of the Apostles, they talk about what the apostles and the other disciples and Mary are doing leading up to Pentecost, and they're there in prayer with right. Mary, the mother of yeah. God. So it just seems a very appropriate time to talk about prayer, yeah. the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to start with a very practical question. This is a question that we get a lot from, from the seminarians here. We get it a lot as a spiritual director. And honestly, I mean, we have the same question ourselves when we pray, right? So the question is, what if nothing happens in my prayer? So I go and nothing really seems to happen. Maybe it's not even that I'm, you know, terribly distracted or tempted, but it's just kind of, man, nothing right, seems right. to happen. Yeah, that's uh, that's an excellent question because I, I think as well, it's, it is going to happen, right? A lot of times in our prayer, we're going to experience moments of, more dryness or, or, or moments where I don't seem to perceive God speaking to me. Right. And, and, um, there's, there's a number of, of writers that, and, and even the catechism itself speaks a lot about how the hidden kind of the silence and the, and the hiddenness of God at times, uh, the Christian experience of a hidden God. And actually we, we didn't really talk about it at all when we talked about the Bible, but there's a whole kind of, not theology, so to speak, but a, but an aspect of God in the Old Testament that is hidden, right? He's in the cloud. He's in, uh, he's in the wind. Um, and it isn't until Christ that we actually see the full revelation of who God is. And, and then Christ talks to us about the, who the Father is. And, um, and then you're right. Pentecost, the Spirit, is the one that helps us to pray. The Spirit is the one teach, you know, that teaches us and gives us the grace to pray. And so sometimes that not, not that silence isn't always bad. I think that's the first thing. You know, a lot of a lot of moments, you know, we we interpret it as uh silence as something not good, right? In our prayer. And that that's just not true. God actually speaks through the silence. Um, you know, I think of Mother Teresa and those seven years of dryness, of struggling with her faith, of the faith not seeming uh, like it made any sense, and yet she believed, right? Or, or Cardinal Van Tuan is another example of someone who he was in thirteen years of solitary confinement, mm, right? right? Thirteen years of solitary confinement, and he was struggling with his like the realization of what is what am I doing? What is my purpose? I was just made a bishop, made a bishop. I have souls, uh, a flock, and here I am, right? And it wasn't until like the fifth or sixth year. Okay, so it wasn't like, yeah, okay, it was a couple of weeks or a month of dryness or of struggle. It was in like the fifth or sixth year where God gave him the grace and, and, and showed him that, no, 
your sacrifice here is more than caring for your flock out there. It it's it means more to me than that. And that gave him the peace to to continue for six or seven or eight, however many more years. I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was significantly long. It wasn't, you know, the silence of God was uh was 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 there. And I think probably a lot of times we think the silence is bad as we equate it as as lack of presence. That if God is silent, that means he's not there. And and that's also not true, right? God is is there. Um, so there can be two different, I think, two kind of important indications that that come with silence. And one is that it is an invitation for us to pray with faith. That it doesn't depend on our feelings. It doesn't depend on our uh, emotions or on the constellations that maybe we're looking for. Right, prayer isn't that I feel good or that I, uh, you know, get smarter or progress or that, um, you know, even even the things that I'm asking for are answered. Uh, prayer is really about being with God, and so that that sometimes experience of silence or dryness can really be an invitation to have more faith, to grow in faith and to make an act of faith in the presence of God and in God's plan for me. Um, And the second thing is that it can also be a moment of growth that God is pulling me out of kind of uh, the stage that I'm in and inviting me to a deeper, more trusting relationship with him. A lot of times that happens through experiences of dryness and, and, and silence, you know? Um, and so, you know, it, it, God can sometimes be hidden and it's important that we keep searching. We keep looking for him. We keep going to prayer, the Eucharist, the Bible. Those are all places where we can find him um, and where we can be with him and allow him to be with us. So those are some ideas, I think, you know, of what to do maybe when, when we're, when we're experiencing a little bit of, of dryness or silence. And, you know, just to summarize, you don't think it's bad right off the bat. Now, you also want to look at yourself too. There can be things that I'm doing that are causing dryness, you know? Right. Like if I'm watching tennis when I've committed yeah. to yeah. go pray. I'm going to go read the Bible yeah. and I happen to have the uh, <laughs> yeah. TV on while exactly. you're watching tennis. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Or I'm listening to music um, while I'm trying to I mean, not that I'd ever contemplate. Tennis, of course, yeah. when I'm well, supposed no. to be praying. No. But yeah. exactly. theoretically, hypothetically. Right. Yeah. Hypothetically. <laughs> So, yeah, those type of things, right? If I have, okay, if I've removed myself from natural distractions and I'm really trying to put myself in the presence of God, um, then, then that, you know, that, that's, that's a not always, that's not a bad thing, right? And I think Jacques Philippe, actually, in one of his books, Time for God, he says, uh, persevere. persevere. Persevere in prayer. That, that's very important in a life of prayer is to keep praying, right? Yeah, you know, it reminds me a couple of images from the Bible, you know, in the Song of Songs where the bride has to look for the bridegroom in the Song of Songs. And it's interesting because you just brought that to mind. Initially, it's kind of her fault. Like he's right. knocking on the door remember, yeah, and she yeah. won't get up. It'll yeah. open the door. Like I'm comfortable in my bed here. I don't want to get up. It's cold. Yeah. And then she has a change of heart and says, oh. I actually do want to get up and open the door and he's gone. And so she goes out looking for him. Have you seen him who my heart loves? She's yeah. just searching all over for him. And she doesn't find him right away. It's a long search and then she finds him and then loses him again or seems to lose him. And uh, there's a neat story about that, uh, about the rabbi Baruch, who is apparently yeah. this famous 19th century European rabbi. 
And uh, he was a great commentator on the Song of Songs in the Jewish tradition. I think he lived in Poland. And uh, one day, apparently, his grandson comes running up to him in tears. And so he says to him, why are you crying? Yeah. And his grandson said, I was playing hide and seek with my friends and I hid and nobody came to look for me. Oh, wow. And so the rabbi starts to cry and the oh, grandson's yeah. like, what's wrong with you? And he said, how often God must say the same thing. I hide right. and no one comes to look wow, for me. Wow, that's awesome. It's kind of, yeah, it's an interesting image, isn't it? Or you think yeah. of Mary Magdalene on right. Easter Sunday, she's looking for Jesus and she, she doesn't find him right away. Right. And when she finds him, he's still hidden. But she keeps looking and, and that's actually increasing her desire for God as she seeks him. Yeah. And he's there. That's why she's looking for him because he's there, but she doesn't recognize him at the moment. Right. But she keeps looking. She perseveres yeah. in that search. That's great. That's Those are awesome images. Um, Especially when Baruch, that's, I mean, I never thought of it like that. Like God is... You know, like the hide and seek game. Imagine how like <laughs> that would be horrible. You go yeah, to hide, and nobody comes find you. You're like, yeah, wow, a, what a great spot, you know. And then you realize I don't want to play this they game totally anymore. They totally just pull you off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the good thing is, of course, God never gives up on us. But it's right. but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah how and he's he's strengthening us there. He's increasing our desire there in that. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's good. Okay. So it's not always a, a bad thing. Yeah. Silence is definitely not always a bad thing. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, that um, that ties into another question that I think we get a lot here. Um, here from the seminarians, here at Spiritual Direction. Once again, I think we probably all have this question at times. Maybe we could phrase it something like this. How can I know if God is happy with my prayer? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a great question. That's a great question. I mean, uh, I think when we look when we look at the Bible, for example, when we see interactions with Christ, uh, Christ, Christ, there were moments when Christ was really happy, and a lot of times they were when children hmm. came to him, you know, and and you know he said, "No, let them come, let them come." Um, I think other moments where he was where he was pleased is is when the apostles got back from ministry, you know, and like you can just imagine them telling the stories and he said, well, let's go, let's go away and let's rest, you know, let's, let's hear, let's, let's see, let's go and rest. And I think another moment too is when they um, were fishing, even it seemed like they had kind of like walked away a little bit after the resurrection and they went fishing again and um, he's there and he's prepared a meal, you know, and they come in and he goes walking um, and and he's able to connect with Peter and and kind of you know reinst- reinstate him as or confirm him better probably as as uh, uh, the future pope you know the leader of the church. So I think a couple things from that is number one, when our prayer is simple and when we come with an open and and sincere heart, so so almost humility, right, a humble heart. Um, we can be sure that 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 is pleasing to our Lord. Like the the way to the Lord is a humble heart, you know, in a certain sense that God is always willing to and ready to receive us when we come to Him because of Him, right? I think that's 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 one of the important things in prayer is 
that it's a relationship with God. And just like when you're with someone that you love, you're with them because you love them and, and you're not with them because you want to get something out. Right? We all know that's not love. And so in this release, this relationship with love with God, it's, it's the same thing that we're with God because of him, because of his love for me that I want to be with him and spend time with him and get to know him better and share those things, yeah, that are hard for me, they're difficult for me right now, that I would love his help with so that I can uh, live better, live more united to him, live more present maybe with the people around me. But I think that would be initially uh, one of the things that I would say. I'm, I'm not sure what you think. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Yeah, I know one of the things as a spiritual director, one of the the most beautiful experience as a director is when a directee begins through God's grace just to really share what's in his or her heart with the Lord, unvarnished, we could yeah. say, just like Psalm 62, pour out your heart to the Lord. Right. And I know the same thing in my own life. Like that's always something that it periodically it comes back. Like, are you, John, are you doing this? Yeah. Are, you, are you pouring out your heart to the Lord? Just whatever's in there, yeah. anything. Just, yeah. I love that image of Psalm 62. Just kind of like let it flow yeah. out to him. Just to be with him, you know, whether it's praise, whether it's fear, whether it's anxiety, whether it's confusion, whether it's joy, whatever it is, just right. to, to share it with him. And there's something beautiful there too, because then you start to realize he's sharing his heart with me too. Yeah. In different ways. Yeah. So I think you're right. Just being there simply with him, as we see in the gospels, that's when he's the happiest. Right. When people are just with him, just simply, you know, maybe it's, you mentioned what it's like when we're with another person that we love. It's interesting because if we're really comfortable with somebody, we're actually not thinking, I wonder what kind of impression I'm making on this right. person right, right. Now. Or what do I need to say? What do I need to say? Am I right. saying what the right thing? To, yeah. Are they comfortable? Yeah. Are they, yeah, exactly. Do I have spinach between my teeth? Well, maybe that. <laughs> but but yeah, we're not worried as much. And I think that's that's where the Lord wants to bring us. And then this is really interesting, right? Like if I am worried about that, well, I can tell him about that. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm kind of worried about my image in front of you. And I think that's probably something that periodically – has to be purified as well. Maybe we start to slip back into that. Sure. I have to appear a certain way before the Lord. I have to say the right things. Right. I have to be all put together before I can go to him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely not the case, right? I mean, going to Christ as we are, I think, is one of the most beautiful prayers that we can do. You know, because it's 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 a sincere and vulnerable state, which initially is very, usually very uncomfortable <laughs> and it takes time. To, to be able to do that in, in a confident and trusting way. And that's what I would say. One other element, you know, when you think of like Psalm 40, for example, happy the one who trusts in the Lord. Mm. I think that's that's a, a, a really important disposition when we go to prayer. And and maybe our, maybe we're not feeling the trust sometimes, you know, because th- things life can be hard. Things are tough. I can be afraid. You know, and have some real scary moments and scary things in my life. And it's, I'm not just, I'm not really feeling the trust, you know? And even that itself is a beautiful prayer. Lord, I'm not feeling the trust right now, um, but I'm here. And, and, and that, th- those types of prayers, like you said, pouring out your heart, being as you are before the Lord, 
and open to hear his voice or to listen to him or to be guided by him um, are, are excellent ways to pray. Yeah, and that ties into another question that I wanted to ask. When you talk about being guided by the Lord or listening to the Lord, yeah. hearing his voice, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the relationship between our prayer, and by our prayer, what I mean is especially our formal times right. of prayer. We set aside, you know, whatever, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour of prayer. So the relationship between that and the rest of our lives, our everyday life. Yeah, like how does it help us, right? Yeah, how does it help um, us? And also maybe, impact. yeah, the impact and, you know, can the Lord speak outside of those times of formal prayer, sure. you could say? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times, oh, I mean, especially a longer period of prayer, um, typically then it is when we try to bring all of those things that are happening in our life into prayer, right? Uh, those different worries that I might have or those things that I'm that that are, that are present in my life at the moment whether it's you know my kids and what they're going through or you know the the different events that are coming up the activities that that are usually filling our schedules that's where we can um, bring all those things to our Lord and put them in his hands first of all right and that's always a good way to start um, and then uh, at the same time though it's also a wonderful time to really block all that, the activity, the noise, the movement, and say, now I am going to be quiet and I'm going to listen and I'm going to be present with our Lord. And all of these things, I'll have the other 23 hours of the day to worry about them and figure that out, figure them out. But right now, uh, it's, it's the time, my time with our Lord. And that connection that we have with, with Christ that's, that's really where we find our strength and our peace and, our, and the encouragement and the love and the affirmation that we need then to be able to face the challenges and be able to give of ourselves, right? A lot of times, we, you know, we're, we're constantly giving. We're constantly serving. You know, you think of a mother or a father who is just either working all day and then coming home and being with the kids or being with their spouse, you know, same or at home all day and then you know, helping with homework and, and cooking and, and cleaning and driving. And so we're, we're constantly giving. It's like a, there's a wonderful image of uh, it's a father and a son and both are puzzle pieces. Kind of they're all puzzles, right? And and the son has a piece missing. And so the dad is, pu- is putting a piece. It's in his hand. He's putting a piece of the puzzle into that empty space. But if you look on the back of the dad, he's missing a ton of pieces, hmm. right? Because he's taking pieces off his back and he's putting them into his son. So the son is, is continually whole, right? And I feel that's true for anyone who is giving of themselves, right? Is they're, they're giving parts of themselves to others. Well, we need to recharge. We need to have time and allow God to put pieces back in us, right? To put those puzzle pieces back in us. And that, that, that is prayer is definitely one of those places and one of those moments where we can do that. And then I think, you know, contemplating prayer and, and having an encounter with Christ is we're, we're never the same. So we can, you know, when we're worried about a situation, when we have to make a decision, when we're contemplating life choices, 
Prayer is definitely a place to go to bring, invite Christ into those decisions. Ask him for guidance, ask him for strength, ask him for prudence, um, ask him for uh, maybe perseverance or commitment or the will to follow through. Uh, and all of those things are are excellent prayers that then will have hopefully an impact in how we live our daily life, right? I think, um, you know, if I'm truly encountering Christ, that is going to affect the way I live my life, right? I can't encounter Christ and the love that he has for me and then go out and and just treat people poorly, right? There'd be a disconnect between my prayer and my life. Real encounters with Christ begin to transform my entire life and how I live my life. Right. Yeah, maybe we could say that those times of prayer, really allowing the Lord to to reshape our hearts and our minds to give us his perspective, a vision of faith. Because mm-hmm. it's interesting, right? I mean, usually our prayer, our pouring out our hearts to the Lord, the situations, the emotions, everything, doesn't usually change the exterior, external circumstances. Right, right. right. Yeah. But it does change the way that we, we view them, face them, right. interact with them, love in the midst of them. Right. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, there's something very deep going yeah. on there. It kind of like the Blessed Virgin Mary. I mean, we're in the month of May now, of course, and Mary yeah. is, you know, is the the mother of all prayers, the the mother of the interior life in some sense, we could say of each one of us. It's interesting to think about how Mary did that herself, how she was always holding these things in her heart and then pondering them. Right. Bringing them to the Lord again and again, things that didn't seem to make sense for her either. Right. That didn't make sense. Right. Son, why have you done this to us? Right. Your father and I have been searching for you with, it's interesting in Greek, I was reading this the other day, it doesn't actually say great anxiety, which is the way we usually translate it. It's more like all consuming anguish and torment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which you can imagine. I mean, gosh, it it took them three days to find them. They had to have, I mean, just felt horrible we just the lost entire the time. son of yeah. god yeah <laughs> on top of it yeah you're like <laughs> and our son yeah. yeah yeah okay so another question that i think ties into that would be um in prayer how much depends on me how much depends on god yeah that's a great question um, I, I think it's really important to emphasize that, that true prayer is a gift. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a grace. It's, it, it's a gift of the Holy spirit who teaches us to pray like St. Paul says, you know, and, and so, for, so first off the bat, it, we can't make ourselves holy, right? We can't make ourselves, um, united to God. I think that that's really one of the, the first things to emphasize. At the same time, however, there are things and, and dispositions especially that create a much more fertile ground for prayer to happen. And so I, I think it's a both and, you know, um, it's it's God who extends his hand down to us and it's us who are are looking up and trying to reach for that hand. And so it, it is definitely both. Like we talked a little bit already, you know, first a disposition of faith and humility, and then also putting yourself 
in a place for success in a certain sense, not not uh, human success, but setting yourself up for a good prayer. So having a place in your house where like, that's your prayer room. That's the place where I go. Maybe it's just a chair. Maybe it's a room. Maybe it's a place. Uh, maybe it's outside on the porch, wherever. But having a place where I go and that's where I encounter God. That's a special place for me where God and I meet. That, that can be very helpful, right? Also, leaving your phone aside, turning off any external noises or distractions that, that can take you away, preparing for the prayer even, knowing if you have like, okay, I'm going to spend the next half hour in prayer. Well, I'm going to start getting ready. I'm not going to go from the TV to my prayer. Well, because whatever was on that commercial, you know, is going to be playing itself again and again and again for a few minutes in your head, you know? So even, even if you can preparing yourself before you sit down to pray is a wonderful way to, to prepare and allow the grace of God to kind of grow. Yeah. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. It's a, it's a both. And cause you're yeah. talking about us creating space. Maybe we could say mental right. space, heart space, physical space yeah. to listen to the Lord and to facilitate that encounter with him. Yeah, there's that line in uh, in, sec- in Second Philippians. There's only one Philippians in <laughs> Philippians 2, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, uh, where St. Paul talks about this. How I really love this image. He said, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. So we hear that, right? Work out your salvation in fear and trembling, like work, because yeah. it is God himself who is at work in you, yeah, both to nice. work and to desire. Yeah, that's awesome. So my desire wow. for prayer is coming even from coming him. from yeah. yeah. So I love that. So it's both. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Now you mentioned Father Jacques Philippe earlier. And it was I think in one of his books, In Time for God, I think he has some pretty good practical advice, right? About how to maybe I I haven't prayed much, just how do I get started with the mechanics or the nuts and bolts of prayer? What does it look like? Is that in in Time for God? Yeah, so Time for God is um it's his second book on prayer. And so it, it it's more for uh, those who are have tried the beginning stages already, right? And and are kind of moving more into the mental prayer phase, right? So he has some very great great methods for the mental prayer, right? Which would be slightly different than someone at the beginning who's doing maybe vocal prayers or yeah, maybe that just, type of thing. Just briefly, maybe just explain the difference, if you would, just okay. between mental and vocal prayer. Yeah, so vocal prayer, about. great, great, yeah. Vocal prayer is a lot of times prayers that have been written uh, that you can find in prayer books or that um, are, 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 you know, said prayers like the Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, those things, uh, that you would typically pray out loud. And so, um, hence the vocal, right? So those are prayers that you can repeat that, that are good. Uh, you know, like you can, the Psalms and things, you know, you say them out loud, they have a flow. There's there, you know, you hear the words. So sometimes that has more meaning to you, uh, because you, you hear those words being said, there's usually kind of a poetic sometimes, uh, aspect to it that can also be, that be beautiful, but there's said prayers out loud, right? Where a mental prayer it begins, like we said, with a disposition and in, in the grace, uh, looking for the grace of God, the gift of God and is, is more internal. It's more, uh, begins kind of with some internal dispositions, putting our heart, uh, in the presence of God and looking for him either through reflection 
through contemplation, through meditation uh, that doesn't necessarily base itself on repetitive prayers. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And Father Jacques Philippe is talking about that in Time for God. In Time for God, he's prayer. he's moving to the mental prayer part, right, where he's he's saying, okay, now let's move. You know, you've already worked on these vocal prayer aspects in, in his other book, which uh, the name's not coming to me right now, but uh, in his second book, Time for God, which I love. Time for God is an excellent book. Jacques Philippe is a great – he has a, an incredible gift of explaining aspects of prayer and the spiritual life. In such uh, simple and clear terms, I, I just find him very helpful whenever you're looking for for maybe a kickstart or a um, or just some guidance in in something spiritual or or in prayer. Okay, maybe one last question here before we wrap up too, and this is a very practical question. Sometimes you hear about an examine of prayer or examining my prayer. Can you say a little bit more about that? What are we talking about? Sure. It's an examine of prayer. How do we do it? What does it mean? What doesn't it mean? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So, um, and and I imagine they're talking about kind of also what we would call the conscience exam, right? That that prayer. Yeah, I think it's more at least the, the way I've gotten the question. It's more. Uh, the examine of of my actual formal time of prayer. I mean, I've got my hour of prayer. Yeah. And, and then the spiritual I, masters talk about examining that, which yeah. obviously I think would be different than an examination of conscience. Right. But I was wondering if you yeah, could say sure. a little bit about that. Yeah. So w- whenever we talk about examine, uh, prayer examine, uh, I think the first thing is to remember that it's also a prayer. It, it's, it's at the end, typically of the time that I'm praying. And I wouldn't recommend doing a, an examine of prayer after, you know, like a 45 second vocal prayer, mm. you know, yeah. I think it, it applies much more to a, a period of time, whether that's 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour of m- mental prayer, prayer where, where I've uh, tried to put myself into God's presence and listen. And, and I think the important thing there is when we're going through that, that it's still a prayer. It's still uh, a, a time of listening to God. And so that's actually what you're examining is, okay, so what happened during this time of prayer? Um, did I have, was, did I have the right dispositions? Did, was I able to kind of, you know, embrace the distractions and also let them go, right? And not lose my, just, you know, my focus or, or what I was trying to do during that time. Um, what am I worried about? Were those distractions worries? Mm-hmm. And sometimes if I wrote those down, those can also speak to me about where my heart's at right now, where my mind's at, you know? And then you try to look at, well, what are the, some of the fruits? What are some of the the feelings that I was experiencing during my prayer? What can those tell me about God, about what he maybe is directing? And then as well, what what were some of the, the fruits? What, what did I see? Did I see... Kind of, you know what? I um, that I was actually starting to change a little bit my perception of something, or or realize I need to grow in faith, or I want to grow in faith, or I want to pray more. So those are all um, things that you know we either record or feel or think about, and that ex- the examine helps us kind of go back over those things very briefly, and in a certain sense process them for the future, like to keep them as we go forward. So they don't just become ideas that kind of run off the end of the conveyor belt, you know, because we just keep getting new ideas. Um, I think those, those are 
that would be in a, in a, in a nutshell. And then what I always do at the end of my prayer after all of that is I finish with our father. And that kind of just, for me, just closes my prayer and, and then, you know, move on to whatever it is next in, in the day. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So it's very practical and very spiritual at the same time. And it's part of the prayer where I'm, I'm really looking at what, what resonated, what, right. what moved me, maybe what challenged me, what were my feelings, and then wrap it up with, with the Our Father to offer that, that segue into the, the rest of my day. So it's not compartment of prayer and then a compartment of, of the rest of my right. day. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you. And maybe we wrap up with an hour, Father. Oh, that'd be great. As we yeah, close. absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Mary, Mother of Prayer, pray, pray for, for us. In the name Father, of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. All right. Thanks, Father John. Thank you very much. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org. Thank you.